I feel like you can't call it an NRL magic round without magicians. Yeah, well, that's a great point. We should maybe have a wild card team of magicians. How would that translate in the hard-hitting world of rugby league? I think they'd be good with the sleight of hand, the yep. deft passes. Maybe um, the dummy? Yep, but when it comes to putting their body on the line, I think they'd probably get really seriously injured. We need to do something about the amount of time it takes a Sinbin player to exit the field. What about any player getting Sinbin for the Titans? We say, if you get off in the next 10 seconds... We'll sign you up to another team. Or we'll offer you a premiership. Well, They're not going to believe it. Uh, we should look to markets that no other sport is looking at. Okay. And that's why I'm suggesting war-torn Yemen. You're really going to see Addo Carr at his fastest. I think so, especially um, when he's you know trying to outrun a mortar bomb. Yeah, if he's under fire, he's, he's going to be running. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast that foolishly suggested last week they were looking forward to seeing Ben Barber come back into the comp. Today on the show, we'll be discussing all of the burning topics in the world of the rugby league and be joined by the 2000 NRL grand final hero, Luke Phillips. But first, I'm here in the studio opposite the only man who thinks the Tasmanian bushfires are a good thing because it might finally reveal the whereabouts of the Tasmanian Tiger. That man I speak of is, of course, Chip Jones. I think I've been misquoted there. I I, I don't know that I actually said it was a good idea to burn Tasmania. Uh, I mean, I'm not suggesting you started it. No. I remember you watching the news report. Uh, there's lots of fires burning out of control. I remember you thinking, that's a good thing, uh, because we're going to see one of those fireless scenes again. Yeah. I, I wonder how it is that you remember me thinking something. Uh, well, because you tend to think out loud. That That's the me. funny anomaly with you. I see. Yeah. I see. You used to do that. I mean, we went to school together. Mm. And um, I remember being well, in class. Well, if you can call it that. Well, it's more of a correctional facility. But we went there and I remember you reading out loud everything yep. and thinking out loud a lot. Yeah. Uh, and often referring to yourself in the third person. I'm glad you've actually shaken that habit. Yeah, well, Chip found that a bit uh, disconcerting. And so did the school counsellor. From memory, did is he still? Uh, did he recover from? Like, is he walk? Is he okay? No. Uh, mm. After getting strangled in the dark room, yeah, um, he didn't ever come didn't back quite to come work. Back. No. Okay. Um, now, before we get into things, Chip, uh, we're going to have to address something at the top of the show. Now, uh, on the last podcast, okay. we said something pretty silly, and for any of the listeners who missed it, did we say it or did you say it? Because I get the feeling if I said it, it would be I said something stupid. Here it is. <laughs> Do you think that Ben Barber was harshly done by? I kind of get the feeling he was because all he did was a line of coke, wasn't it? Which really, you know, I mean, on our show, I mean, you well, look at the off season. That, that did, he, did he do both nostrils? That, I'm not. I wasn't. He there may have so. just done one nostril. I mean, that's only half a problem. Is it really? Is it? Does it actually demote the level of criminality? You've got to do in stereo, man. Come on. There's the audio. Um, it's it's pretty damning stuff. What do you think we've learned from that? Um, Never say anything nice about Barber ever again? Well, I think we could start with that. Mm. I, I think it's not a bad, uh, you know, stepping stone. I mean, the world is doing a good job of that without us, but I think we should join in. Well, I think we should join with the rest of the world, mm. at least sometimes. Now, the NRL have uh, deregistered uh, Barber for life, mm. and so have the Queensland Rugby League, and so have the English Super League. Can he play in China? Well, <laughs> I'm, there are Chinese women we probably have to worry about. I would like to see the Chinese league rub him out too. Okay. Personally. Yep. Um, I'm very happy with the uh, the punishment, to be honest. He's a two-time loser when it comes to hitting women. Um, have no sympathy for him at all. 
Twitter's obviously been pretty caustic. It, it, Have you it, seen some of those? You can't even really fall back to um, you know any kind of she provoked it or she said something or no, it doesn't you know, come into it, that. It doesn't really doesn't really play, does it? Not really. Um, so I think you know the only thing I could think about is if they uh, maybe got that dodgy horse trainer Darren Weir okay. to sort of take care of him for a while. You know the like one that's been electrocuting train, train horses. Barber. Well, yeah, and maybe keep, just give him some shock therapy. Keep him in a stable. Mm. Leave him shit in the floor. Roll around give, in the hay. Give him an apple. Every now and again. Every once in a while. If he's earned it. Yeah. In a way, I think the NRL should have been a little bit nastier to Ben Barber and said, you're not banned for life, mm. um, but you can only play when you're 78. Okay, yep. Um, but just to give him that little bit of a carrot and he might think, well, fuck it, you know, I'm not going to earn any money any other way. Maybe I'll we try could... to keep fit until I'm a geriatric. Yeah. And of course, he's not going to make it and he's that'll be part of there. the fun. Yeah, watching him try. Mm. Maybe we could have given him performance inhibiting drugs and sent okay. him out. Actually, what, what kind? Uh, lobotomy. Oh, right, so just drastic surgery. Maybe, maybe we could just get into surgery if drugs aren't going to work for us. Mm. Um, they've always worked for me. But um, yeah, maybe we could just cut bits off him. Right. Start with that. Very reservoir dogs. Yeah. Would you start with the cerebral cortex? Um, well, I'd like to get a fit. I'd like to get a bit out of him. Okay. You know. Yeah. This is getting very macabre. But at the end of the day, he has bashed a woman. Fuck him. Or well, if if you're into that. Now, uh, Chip, you must know uh, the Queensland Maroons mentality, and it is win at all costs. Uh, we don't like losing, which is why they've virtually won 31 of the last 32 series. Mm. Um, but they don't take losing well as it happens. I don't, yeah, they're not used to it. Only this week they've approached the NRL trying to get Jason Taumalolo to play in a Maroons jersey, uh, who's currently a Tongan representative. Yep. Um, and there's, uh, we're trying to see, sort of search out a legal loophole. So they're trying to cheat, basically. Yes, that's a, a, that's yeah. your, I like the way you short-circuit these yep. things, because I'm, I'm a bit too verbose. Yeah, It'll take a while to get to yeah, the point. This but, way, that way. Um, but you're right. Basically, they're trying to cheat. But mm. thankfully, the NRL have put the kibosh on that idea. Um, you know, they're a little bit like um, Serena Williams of the rugby league world, aren't they? Okay, how so? Well, because, you know, the only couple of times she's ever lost in her career, mm. she hasn't taken it well. Remember that time she claimed sexism in yes. the all-women's yes. grand that's, final? That's right. It was um, a man's fault. But do you think that uh, the larger, uh, more strong, roided-up JT mm. should be allowed to play for Queensland this year? No. Well, we wrapped that one up pretty easily. Uh, <laughs> what else do you think that the Maroons are capable of? When it comes to trying to circumnavigate the system to win, do you think this, do you could, think they're going to pull out a few more tricks? Could be anything, uh, you know, anything from politics um, to you know just just you shutting off the power at the venue, right. at, at under the bomb, and just play, know? and, and it, they'd have night vision goggles. Yep, and um, they'd just be ready to go, and yep. then you drop the ball. Sorry, and and you, would they call the game off in that situation? I'm assuming that all the lights go off. Mm. Uh, the Maroons they pull out from the budgie smugglers, yep. the night vision goggles, yep. and suddenly they're playing in infrared. Well, um, you've you've probably gone a bit far there. Well, I'm just assuming they've probably got a plan. I mean, you've run with it. I have, but but which which is great. It's what I do. Um, but no, I was just thinking. You know, they put up a high ball, pressure mm. ball, and just turn the lights off for a sec, and then turn them on, and then we you know we had a power outage. So you're talking about really momentary. Just momentary. <laughs> so they put a bomb up. I'm trying to picture it again. Yep, yep. It goes up. Um, yep, big torpedo Latrell bomb. Mitchell's running back. He's yep. going to get it. Lights go off. Yep. Suddenly, 
the lights come back on again and Munster's got the ball underneath Under the, posts. the posts. Yeah. I could definitely see them doing that. The thing is, you know, I think I think you'd find that Mitchell would still be waiting for the ball to come down and, and there's another ball on the field, Munster's got it and he's scoring with it. And you think, well, I think we've been had here, I think. This doesn't seem is quite kosher. Fucking Queenslanders. They've done it again. Is there a chance that they, they put up a bomb, the lights go out, and then it comes back on again, and Cherry Evans just has no pants on? Well, look, I, I think we could go for whatever works for you. I mean, you know... He is a weird cunt. While, while, while you got the lights off, why they call you Cherry? I'll show you. Lights, lights come on, and just Blake Ferguson's got four hotties, and he's yep, just banging two of them, yep. hoping to get it over Ho- and done with. Hopefully this dark. is consensual. Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Um, it's been a beautiful last couple of months, mate. Uh, not just because I got my rhinoplasty, but also because uh, we've managed to get a few uh, pretty high-profile NRL players onto the show. God knows how we've done it. Oh, um, we're coming up in the world. There's a lot said, a lot of bad things said about blackmail, but there's also a lot of... Um, well, you get a lot out of it. But... Clear rewards. Um, and on today's show, uh, we've managed to secure the services, that's an unusual way of phrasing it, of Luke Phillips. What a champion player he was. When you think Luke Phillips, in terms of his playing career, are there any particular moments that come to mind? Oh, look, that uh, grand final against the Broncos, Roosters Broncos 2000. 2000, um, yeah, what a moment. Made he chop down some big boys uh, in the fullback position there. We didn't win. No. But, um, in fact, we should probably chastise him for that. We'll go. We'll probably start off with great tackles. He was the only one that actually really showed up. That, I mean, Freddie was on one leg. As you mentioned, Freddie was on off, one leg, off, uh, off, sit, off uh, camera. Matt Singh off was mic. on half a brain from memory. Matt Singh fell over. He fell over for no he, particular he reason. He disappeared there. Do you think he actually, at that moment when he fell over and Wendell Saylor kind of laughed at him and scored, yeah. uh, that it, Matt Singh had a seizure? I think he tripped, and mm. the trip became a seizure. A bit, a bit of a like, well, you would have been tough to stop anyway, mm. um, and now I've got no footing. I, I think I'll just. I'll just lay I'll just here. go with it. <laughs> to be honest with you, Wendell, I didn't want to tackle you. I didn't want, really want to tackle no, you. No, it just was one-on-one. On one. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> when you score, please just don't hurt me. And on that note, here's Luke Phillips. Hi, Luke speaking. Oh, g'day, Luke. It's um, Eamon and Chip here from the Voluntary Tackle, mate. How are you going? Hi, mate. How are you? Mate, um, I hope our reputation precedes us. Um, we're trying to get a bit of a jump on the season. The first little thing I wanted to um, actually ask you, mate, was uh, I noticed you signed off um, when we were corresponding with Diamond. Is, is that your nickname? Yeah, that's everyone just calls me Diamond. Everyone fully knows me as Diamond. People say, do you know Luke Phillips? Like, oh, yeah, Diamond. Oh, yeah, Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> is that to do with Lou Diamond Phillips? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I never had a nickname at school at all. Never, like, through school or high school or... Anything, and then it wasn't until I started with the Roosters actually, and um, when I got there, um, Phil Rule introduced me and said, "This is Luke, Luke Phillips." And then Matt, Matt Wood said, "Oh, Diamond, Luke, Luke Diamond Phillips, are oh. And then just stuck. <laughs> it just stuck was Diamond. Yeah, that's who it was because Matt Wood thought it was. He said oh, it was Lou Phillips was my name, but. Mate, and it took it took the mighty Roosters to give you the nickname after all that time. I'm... Never had a nickname. I never had a nickname on my whole whole. Like life leading up to that, which is always just Luke. Mate, uh, I know you're a big fan of mine personally, but you know tonight's not about me. Um, mate, I wanted to ask you a few questions uh, that go back, right back in the day. Now, 
We've just been watching the 2000 NRL Grand Final, and that was just a massive Grand Final, one of our favourites, I must admit. Now, you're going up against uh, Wendell Saylor and Lottie Takiri, and unfortunately, we didn't win that one. Uh, They got away from us. But when you've got someone like Wendell or Lottie running at you, what's going through your mind? They make a break, and you've got to tackle these guys, because they're big boys. Yeah, well, you just have to go low on them. I was never a big, big, strong, you know, strapping low side of the year. Just always uh, made sure I went low. So, you know, so they can't run their legs. So just, um, yeah, hit them low and hang on and hope for the best. That was about it. Mate, it was such a... It's one of those ones that's sort of in folklore. It must feel good. I mean, just looking at it again, I guess Chip's alluding to something there. They're, they're two of the most dangerous men at their time in full flight, and you chop them both down... Um, people still talk about that time. Is it, did people still bring that up with you, that grand final? Yeah, I think only because it was, it was a pretty boring grand final, to be honest. Like, there wasn't, you know, many points scored. Um, it wasn't sort of an exciting finish. They were always, like, they had a brilliant side. Like, almost every one of their players was international, you know, so they were the red-hot team to beat. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess, it was, you know, they were probably talking points out of the game, you know, the, the, the couple of tries, try tackling that, that I did um, that night and, um, yeah, because like I said, it wasn't um, wasn't much happening other than that. Yeah, you played for a few clubs, but obviously finished with the Roosters and arguably played your best footy there. I'd say we're with bias, we're both Roosters fans. Um, do, you, do you consider yourself a Roosters fan? Do you support any team in uh, the comp at the moment? Um, oh, look, I'm, I'm sort of working with the Titans, so I guess I um, I'm supporting them. <laughs> no, I was with Pen- I was with Penrith for a few years, and obviously um, supporting them. But no, look, I've always got a soft spot for Chooks. I'd love to. Up to work for him, you know, to go back home and work there, but maybe one day. But um, yeah, no, it's just yeah, they're a team obviously you know, close to my heart because we obviously want to come there and got a lot of good mates still. So, um, but yeah, like you know, obviously you know, my allegiance is with the Titans at the moment. With the Titans, Luke, are you um, working with them uh, like from a, a referee standpoint? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. It's the same role I did with um, Freddie uh, at Origin, also at Penrith. It's just sort of I referee their screeners. I answer any questions they've got about. You know, penalties, I review their games and go through their penalties and um, basically just, um, yeah, make sure that they're, um, you know, telling them on, they understand the rules properly and, um, you know, sort of give them tips on how referees ref, referee a game of footy, how they set up a game and where they look to penalise more than often and just give them little tips, you know, about rules and, um, you know, so, yeah, also there's a lot of little things that go into it, but, um, yeah, it's only, it's only like a part-time role, a couple of days a week, but, um, yeah, the boys seem to get a lot out of it. So, Luke, when you were uh, playing first grade and uh, out on the town, did you ever have uh, any players that you would hang out that were a bit of a worry? Did you ever have to, you know, who was the loosest cannon that you played with? Oh, definitely Brian Fletcher. <laughs> Fletcher. Um, yeah, people wouldn't be much looser than, than Fletch, but yeah, no, he, was, he was pretty loose. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone else. Uh, Croc was a little bit loose, Nick Crocker, but um, yeah, definitely Fletcher <laughs> yep. would buy a country mile on that. Is there a, um, a particular story with Fletch? I know I've heard it. We've heard a few, in, usually from Fletch's mouth, actually, when he when he's on a show or something. I yeah, think he. You probably you probably heard most of them sort of thing, but I wasn't someone that sort of would go out all hours of the night. Like after a game of footy, I was that buggered. Like we get back to the club and have our presentation, whatever, and then like I was that that knackered after game. I just had to go into bed half the time on my own. We'd go until four or five in the morning, and they'd be up, you know, at seven for the rehab, and I thought, like, I don't know how they do it, you know, so. Yeah, I don't have too many good stories. So, so they, they were out in the town and you were getting a cup of hot cocoa and watching Coronation Street. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 
pretty much. Yeah, I was the boring one there. I thought I was weird, but yeah. <laughs> mate, you're a good player. That's all that matters. Um, on, on the field again, Luke. Um, do you have someone that you'd probably say was the toughest guy you'd ever played against? Toughest, as in, yeah. Look, there was a couple. Of, the hardest way to tackle was um, uh, Adam McDougal. Like without a doubt. Like I remember, he was down the side once, and he came inside. And I tried to tackle him. It was just like getting hit by a car. Actually, like I've never felt someone like so hard. I was just like a piece of Solid. cement. But Gordy Tallis was pretty tough. He, he was the scariest. I was always out of court and I look at him where he was in the field and have to run at him because. What do you reckon it was about Dugs that was so tough to tackle? He looks like one of those guys you don't think physically looks crazy imposing, but obviously he was because he rammed he rammed his way over a fair few players. Is, what do you suspect was his secret to his success? Well, he's obviously heavy in his weight, his <laughs> weight program and supplements. What he used to take, he used to talk to his legs. So it was one of those blokes, obviously, you know trying to make his body as hard and fast as he could and yeah like I said he was just pretty pretty hard to bring down it's very, very strong so yeah um, fair enough Justin, Justin Hodges is another one too he was one of guy he's just very strong he doesn't look very strong but he's you know, deceptively strong we used to do drills one on one drills and like you know he's most one on one he's very hard to get, get on the ground so he was probably one of the strongest folks at the, at the Roosters when you try to have to tackle him one on one you know mm. How, how tough do you reckon someone like uh, Latrell Mitchell would be to stop? Because he's, he's, he's busting a lot of tackles at the moment. He, he kind of seems yeah. a bit Greg Inglis tough. <laughs> yeah, they've just got that strength, natural strength and, and athleticism as well. They're just they're big men too. Like they're you know, well over six foot when you stand next to them, like mm. especially a lot of players these days, they, just, they tower above you. Know? It's a different game from... It's, it's amazing to see the evolution, isn't it? Like, you can look at one of those retro games from the 80s and they look like average people back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, back then, like, you know, a big bloke was 90 kilos. You were considered, you know, decent size. You know, front rowers, if you're 100 kilos, you were sort of like, you know, you're a big, you're a big man. These days, you know, you've got to be 100 kilos to play on the wing. So, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, totally, it's totally changed over the last sort of 30, 25, 35 years for sure. Now, look, um, you're obviously a really interesting character for a lot of reasons, but one of them being that you're uh, a former player that's turned into a referee, which is, um, you know, a pathway program that the NRL have, you know, tried to foster over the years. Um, last year, it was a pretty hot topic, probably for not a lot of great reasons, um, especially yeah. earlier on in the year when there was about 30 penalties a game and no one was really enjoying it. Um, we just wanted to, interested to get your take, uh, seeing as now that you're on that side of the fence, how do you see the state of refing at the moment in the modern game? Um, yeah, look, it all depends on who's the boss, I suppose. Like, uh, hopefully, with Graham Annesley going in there, they'll, um, you know, they'll sort that out as far as um, you know, just let the players decide a game and not have such high standards. Like the, the thing that, and well, the refs don't understand, like, you know, how fast, how fast and intense the game is. As players, it's that quick and. You know, as, as an ex-player, like, and when I refereed, I knew when a bloke was trying to have it like have a lender, like, you know, hold a bloke down deliberately. But sometimes you get these guys that, you know, hardly touch a guy put a fingernail on the ball and they get penalised and it's frustrating for the players and it's obviously frustrating for the fans and hopefully we'll see that this year <clears throat> with um Graham Manager who obviously was in the football world, you know, last year obviously with the Titans. Um, and he would have felt that frustration. So hopefully they'll, um, you know, just ease back on that. Like that's why Origin's such a good spectacle because they don't, they don't nitpick those penalties. They just pick the standouts. Yeah. Um, 
and that's where I struggled as a referee, to be honest. Like, I just, you know, as an ex-player, you, you know, if, if the bloke's half a metre offside, you talk to him, or but if the bloke's, you know, two or three metres offside, you just, you just go to penalty because it's obvious it stands out, you know? So it's it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. I think they're trying, to, they're trying to get perfection, and the game isn't perfect, and, um, you know, even if they got perfection, they wouldn't be able to maintain it, you know, going forward, I don't think, you know, especially on the 10 metres. Like, it was just, yeah, so it was... Yeah, it's very hard and frustrating, but like I said, hopefully they you know, they'll sort that out now and we'll see some, you know, flying through. Because what the refs got to understand is that when there's no penalties, fatigue sets in the game. And once the, when fatigue sets in, it's very hard to wrestle and slow the play of the ball down. Like, I'd uh, obviously train the, the boys at Titans. Once, they, once they're fatigued, like, they forget all the drills that they do that, you know, to slow the play of the ball down or to do this or to do that because they're just, they're knackered, you know. So the game just flows. That's why, again, Origin was so good. And I think hopefully we'll see that this year with the NRL, that if it, if it gets to that stage, that let the players decide the game and then, you know, the quick, fast men come into the game more and, you know, fatigue becomes a big factor, which is, um, you know, what makes the game exciting, you know? Do you think there's an irony that it takes the spectacle of origin for the NRL to go, no, you can ref that with a bit of common sense? It, it seems a bit unusual that they clearly are applying different rules to origin than regularly matches. Yeah, well, they do. They, they're told to do that from the bosses. Like, I've been in there, the rest of them. And they've told them, you know, that the, the game's rest differently. It just is, you know. So they're told not to nitpick. They're told to, you know, get the standouts and, and whatnot. And that's how they do it, you know. So why can't they do that in the NRL? I don't know. But um, I guess it's, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll happen this year. And there's always a flip side, you know. Like, if they start like that, then, you know, the teams might start taking advantage of it. And, you know, everyone will complain that everyone's offside again. and on the plate all down too much and it'll go full circle. Generally, that's what happens is if the goes in circles, you know, the video ref is the same and at the start they wanted ref to not to make a decision then they wanted to make a decision and now they're saying don't make a decision now just send it up. So everything sort of, you know, when, it's, when change is made, it's great but after a while, it's sort of, you know, they find faults and everything and it changes again and just the evolution of footy, I suppose. So, Luke, if you could, um, you know, suggest a rule change or if there was one thing that you would like to see changed... Uh, for next season, what would that be? Uh, well, one one I, I hate, always hated him, um, is when a player is sort of getting driven to the sideline or back in goal and a referee calls held and the players don't hear it and then he gets taken out of the sideline and they penalise it. I just think that, you know, we, we changed the one where they offloaded after the held call. That used to be a penalty. Uh, now they just sit, you know, they like to take it back and play the ball again. So yep. I just think that's another one because it's so frustrating for the players. Common like, sense. Know, the crowd's yelling and they pick somebody up and goes to the side and all of a sudden they get penalised for it when mm. they didn't know, you know. Why can't they just say, okay, now I've caught him held out there, come back and play and everyone's happy, you know. Yep. So that's one that I think they, they should. They probably will one day. Well, it doesn't happen that often, but it's just it's a real big play against the team that's, you know, done a good job to pick the bike up and throw him over the sideline. I just think, and sometimes, to be honest, the referee's called held too early. Like, mm. they'll call held where they should have let him go to the sideline and mm. they're forced to buy a penalty and they get roasted by their, like, watching them in the stand after the game. But in the end, it's a penalty that they could have avoided or if the rule was changed out, if a bloke, you know, gets put back in goal over the sideline after a held call, just come back and play the ball like we do with the offload, you know? So that'd be definitely one I'd... I'd change and also probably the, the 20 metre, the, the, you know, the uh, zero tackle. Yeah. I just think if it's, you know, um, that's, well, that's one that's just, you know, should have, should have been brought in and because um, that can change a game as well. Like maybe change it from where the kid's taken, you know, if it's, if the bloke boots it dead from 40 out, fair enough. But, you know, if you 
putting a little grubber in goal and you just missed it you yeah. know, by an inch and the team gets, you know, six six tackles. Yeah, that's um, certainly one that everyone's griping about because I I'm, I'm think it came in for a good reason, but it's that ripple effect that they probably didn't anticipate where yeah. someone might have just yeah. threaded a kick in and it's just gone dead and they've copped a major penalty for that. Um, yeah. yeah, it seems like it almost seems like you're talking too much common sense, Luke. <laughs> we're not quite used to that. Um, here on the show, we're sort of a little bit out of the box. Um, so, the potential rule change we wanted to run by you. I thought, uh, you know, in the cricket, you've got power plays. Um, how about uh, for three minutes a match, one team is allowed to have 33 players on the field at once? Yeah, that's interesting, I can't see them doing. I can't see them doing that. I think. I think. On the field. Just for the one team, they've got for one team, they've got about a twenty-man overlap for about three minutes. Okay. Cool. Don't don't Luke Luke uh, j- just just to bring you in on the loop. He is an idiot. All right. You don't have to take that seriously, mate. No, no. He's 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 special, but we love him. Uh, Luke, look, ma- <laughs> I know. Look, it's, there's a science to it, Luke. Um, there's no accounting for my brain uh, when it tries to flesh these things out. Uh, there was a whiteboard involved, uh, but nobody else, clearly. But, Luke, we won't take up any more of your time, mate. It, it goes without saying we're uh, really uh, thankful for you coming on the show. And, very grateful. Um, and what, very quickly before you go, what, what's your ambition for 2019? You're obviously working with the Titans. Are you, do you still ha- have an ambition of becoming regular first-grade uh, referee as well? Oh, no, look, I've, I've, I've left the refs. I, I left them about four years ago. And yeah. like I said, I was, I was working with Penrith. But, um, look, you know, if, if one day down the track, if the opportunity comes to get back involved with the refs, if they thought that, you know, an ex-player who obviously was a referee could bring some value into their, uh, or some common sense, I suppose, into their ranks, I'd definitely look at, um, you know, uh, going back in there at some capacity would be good. But uh, at this stage, I'm sort of, yeah, like, at the Titans this year and obviously helping Freddie again with Origin, um, and then just yeah, see what it leads from there. Well, Diamond, um, make sure we secure that dynasty at origin level and um, hopefully we'll have you on the show again. No worries, boys. Well, that was Luke Phillips. Chip, um, certainly a straight shooter. What a Diamond. nice bloke. I quite like the insight uh, into his playing life with the rest of the squad going out and getting drunk and him just going, having a bit of a, a bath and salts. Maybe we need to um, get him in charge of managing the player outings. How good would that be? Because, you know, you could go out, have a meal, mm. have, a, have a drink. He's a good bloke. You have a chat. Then you go home. Be civilised. You're probably on a cascade light. Yep. Yeah, um, good on a few lights. Only have a, probably a you know, midi. We've got a train tomorrow, so. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want you about 8 p.m. sharp. I mean, it wouldn't be good for the voluntary tackle kind of work up. I mean, I, I spend weeks getting ready. Mm. For this show? For this. Wow. Where does that preparation go? Well, I started, I started drinking it like... Oh, oh, that's what you mean by a prep. Well, no, you in fact you're very diligent when it comes to getting high and, and consistent. Drunk. Welcome back to the voluntary tackle. Now, uh, the NRL seems very intent, uh, Chip, on handing down a stiff penalty to Dylan Napa. A big stiff one. Excuse the pun. Uh, even though, from what I can see. Uh, he hasn't done too much wrong apart from have some pretty bad mates and allow Kane Evans to shadow box in the background. Um, I want to get your opinions because when it comes to particularly pornography for some reason, uh, I always want to canvas your thoughts mm. uh, because, you know, you're someone that's fairly uh, well immersed. Um, it's probably the nicest way of... That's, that's kind. Yeah. Um, mm. Do you think uh, Dylan Napper was pretty hard done by by all this? Because apparently the NRL are looking to potentially rub him out for eight weeks. I think he was done hard by, Definitely. I don't think he can be really blamed there for um, 
the shadow boxing because it was it was going on behind him. Um, you know, if if you're going to make love to a young girl mm. on camera in the dressing room, at least pay attention. At least kind of focus on her Has a bit. Situational awareness. Yeah, just at least you know try and talk to her a bit, or mm. you know try and make her feel good, tell her she looks nice. I don't know. But um, the shadow boxing, I think, I think we've got to let that go. Well, I, I'm actually wondering if, in a way, Kane Evans has committed a bigger crime uh, just by being fucking weird because he's in the background. It's I mean, pretty weird. Leak sex tapes kind of yep. happen all the time. Yep. But how often is there someone randomly I've leaked punching that the many air? of mine. Have you? I've leaked hundreds of them. Right. No On one, purpose? No one wants to play them. It's weird. But, I mean, here's, here's my problem with this is that for all of the NRL's faults, and they have many, Mm. Um, this situation doesn't seem like one where anyone's committed a crime. I, I, the the girl was there consensually. Um, it was being filmed and everyone knew about it. Um, it got leaked without his knowledge mm. um, and he's pretty embarrassed by it. What has he done wrong? To me, he's almost a victim here. Isn't he a victim of revenge porn, basically? Was it revenge porn? See, this is, you get to an interesting point. I'm not sure that guys can claim that. I think that's mainly... The girls can claim revenge porn. Well, I, I don't know if this is all confirmed, but from what I understand, it's a, a former clubmate he had a falling out with has posted this one online. Mm. It's all allegedly. I don't know anything. Um, but if you that make was a great point there. hypothetically the case, yep. it is kind of repentance. It's revenge kind of porn. revenge porn, isn't it? Yeah. And so why penalise Dylan Napa then? Why penalise him? Yeah, why penalise him in that situation? Hasn't he been penalised really, enough? It's really not fair. <laughs> He's been hard done by. You know, if this would have been would have caused such a big furor, if instead of going getting leaked in its naked form, mm. um, they had those big sort of black circles that kind of over the private parts. Yeah, I see. Like some kind of like uh, sanit- censor- censorship. Exactly going on a sanitised version. Yeah. Do you think if that had gone out and there was I don't know how big the black circles is. Yeah. Um, but it went out and you didn't see anyone's junk or you saw yeah. in fact there was a, probably a big circle over Kane Evans shadow box yeah. as well because yeah. that's disturbing yeah. and if they were out of the shot this probably wouldn't have been such a big news story probably wouldn't have been an issue so if they could have edited the revenge porn before release then, it, then all of this could have been avoided this, yeah well see we come up with the answers it's what we do if, here if, on the show look, if, there are, if there's anyone out there and you have a sex tape and you want to release it just send it in to mm. Chip Jones at the Voluntary Tackle. I will edit it for you. I okay? love the fact that you've just handed out an at address that doesn't exist. I'm a big fan of that. Chip Jones so at what, the Voluntary Tackle. What does that Where mean? would that take you? Okay, so is that not going to bring me I to porn? I don't think so, mate. How do I get porn? Is that your dark web handle? How do I... No comment. <laughs> mate, um, speaking of opinions, though, we did put out a poll in the lead-up to this show, and we actually asked our listeners... Why the NRL is trying to punish Dylan Napa for having a sex tape leaked. Um, what we had on the board was Kane Evans shadow boxing in the background. Was it the threat of a ranger birth? Uh, was it to take the focus off the NRL assaults, or was it simply poor lighting? Um, mate, where do you think the the zeitgeist? Look, was? I, I I went with poor lighting because there's nothing I I don't like. You know, I mean, if I if I, if I'm going to watch a porn video. Mm. A pornographic movie. At least get your lighting right. I want to see some shine. I want to see some, you know. You want to see some high def. I want to see some high def shine. Well, you've gone with lighting, mate. Um, that polled with twenty six percent of the vote, uh, but thirty eight percent thought it was to take 
the focus off the assaults. Do you think there is a bit of an NRL conspiracy here and Todd Greenberg's thinking, it's been a bad off-season, maybe we can just blame it all on Dylan Napa? Yeah, well, I think I think they missed an opportunity there with Barber. I have because so, mate. You, you, you throw your book... I mean, get as sanctimonious as you like with Barber. Mm. I just un- Well, I think just, they just, kind of have. Just unload. Which is good. It isn't even sanctimony. He's genuinely a fuckstick. He, he, he's a, he's a, a dick whistle. I like the way it's a different segment and we're still teeing off on him, which yeah. is good because he's used to doing that on women, so fuck yeah. him. Um, we had 13% uh, for Kane Evans shadowboxing and 23% thought it was the threat of a Ranga birth. Uh, but there's a bit of a segment within a segment that we've got you uh, for you today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, and it's called... Ban him, praise him, or fine him. Ban him, praise him, or fine him. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a couple of situations of, thing, of videos being leaked. And hypothetically, if you had viewed them, I want you to tell me, should we ban him, praise him, or fine him? Okay. Okay, so it's pretty straightforward. Yep. Yep. Um, now, the first one is, uh, just to try to picture this, yep. Paul Gallen is caught riding a kangaroo down the M4. Should you ban him? Praise him or fine him. How fast is he going? I'd say he's going 60. And, yeah, and I, I'll, I'll paint the picture even a little bit more. Has the, he registered that kangaroo? I reckon fine him. The kangaroo is under significant duress. Yeah, no, fine him. You, okay. It, any, any, any vehicle right. uh, needs to be registered. Right. If, if it was a registered kangaroo, would if, that make a difference? I've, I still want to bust him. Yeah. What would I you just, find him? How much money? Oh, uh, a week. Mm. A week's? A week's what, wage. Wage, yeah. Okay. I'd but find out what he earns. 40K is a drop in the ocean though, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so you'd find him. I'd find him. All I'd right. do fucking driving unregistered kangaroos <laughs> around my M4. Fucking mug. Um, okay, I've got another one here for you. What if uh, Luke Burt was caught masturbating to Ready Steady Cook? <sighs> I probably wouldn't give him much praise. But I'd probably have to. I, I don't think I could find him, or 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 in a, uh, You know, I'd have to say, all right, yeah, well, cool. I mean, how would you even ban him in that situation? Is couldn't he, ban him. Would you? Couldn't find him. Put his cock under lock. I mean, you know, you could lock his cock up, but you know, really just praise him and go, all right, ready, steady, cook. I mean, you know, at least he's not doing anyone any harm. Or is there a little bit of um, devil in the detail here? If it was the fact that he was getting off to the green capsicum or the red tomato, would that make a difference? Yeah, well, I mean, if it was red capsicum, then I'd be upset because mm. I don't play that. Okay, fair Green enough. Green capsicum, no problem. So in the end, you're going to partially praise him. Is that right? I'll, I'll just, I'll just give him a, a brief golf clap. Okay, like a, one of those very genteel. Just a gentle. Yes. Okay, and will that probably get him off even a little bit more? Yeah, to well, be honest? here to help. Um, all right. What about another video that's been leaked? It's Andrew Fafita caught driving a tractor at high speed through a children's playground. I reckon ban him from doing that. I reckon we should... <laughs> There's we should, a good starting we should, point. We should ban him from driving tractors, period. Would you ban him for the NRL because of that? Um, I'd, I'd probably just ban him generally. I'd, you just banned. Like, he can't buy milk, no newspapers, no toast. Walk into a well, cafe, can I get a flat... Mate, you're banned. I like okay? that. The milk ban would really hurt him too. Yeah, just ban him. <laughs> Hit him where it hurts. No food for you. You've been banned. Would you not uh, probably ask him why he's doing it? That'd be the first thing I'd be going. Well, what were you thinking? See, that's that's just where you come from. See, you, I love you, but you're naive. You don't ask someone. You know, he's he doesn't know. 
Um, we've got another one here for you, mate. Um, Darren Lockyer is caught conversing with Rolf Harris about the merits of Cubart. This is a tough one. Because Darren doesn't seem like your average Harris. You had a lot of questions before you'd hand down a judgment. I mean, I didn't think Darren Lockyer was even into art. I think I think I think you have to find Lockie. Okay. For hanging out with a pedophile. A pedophile. Well, look, you know, I, I know he's locked up. Well, right? he's out now. Is he? Yeah. He's on some weird release. Rolf Harris is out. Yeah. And interestingly today, he was spotted in a children's playground. Oh. And he was asked, not surprisingly, the principal said, you've got to go, Rolf. And he wasn't happy about it, but he did. He wasn't happy. No. About having to leave the schoolyard yep. after getting out of prison for indecently assaulting children. He, yep. was, he felt that he was He still felt wronged somehow. Mm. That's interesting. Um, and, it, and it does beg the question why Lockie's even talking to this fucker. Well, maybe Lockie's kids went to that school and he was the first up to say, mate, you better pack your shit and get the fuck out of here. Final video, and this is probably the most vexing one. Are you ready for this? Mm. Mitchell Pierce is caught not panicking on the last tackle. I'd have to pinch myself. And fucking ban him. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, a very nourishing show again, I think, Chip. Uh, we've certainly presented a lot of information, uh, a lot of useless information as mm. well, um, and mashed it all together, um, smeared it on the wall, a bit like Gillian O'Neill would do his feces, and let everyone listen to it for what it is. Well, I think it's only fair. I think so. Um, look, we normally uh, in the show... Uh, with with some kind of lame joke from myself, but I think this week uh, we'll go back to uh, some sage wisdom from you, Chip. Okay, some sage wisdom. I can kick off if you like. Okay. Let's both put some wisdom on the table. Um, it's not a good idea to sellotape your own hands to your ass because then when you drive, it's tough to reverse. I have found that. Um, That's just me. I, I tend to drive with my knees. In that, in that circumstance, you can actually steer a bit. Do you, how can you put your knees on the brakes knees. and the accelerator? No, I use my feet for that. Oh, okay. I, I use... <laughs> um, sage wisdom. Don't let your ex-wife... No, no. I've got another one for you. Okay. Okay. If you must give a zucchini fellatio, yep. make sure it's not a green one. Yeah. And 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 preferably cut off the the, the skin around the top part. Yeah. Give I, it a real frenulum. Yeah. It seems to uh, go in a lot easier. <laughs> See you next week. There's nothing I like more when a show is finished than some more of the show. It, it just works for me. <laughs> and today, our mascot war is an interesting one because we're, we're not doing the standard mascot war. We're doing a mascot war into a bet. I think Paul Gallon's fight with one John Hovawade... Uh, could serve as mascot war and a betting uh, a betting spectacle. So this week, uh, we're just trying to determine who would win between a Paul Gallen and a John Hopawade. A John Hopawade walks into a bar. Probably not the Cronulla Sailing Club because Paul Gallen's banned from there. 
and Paul Gallon's outside. Yep. Can't trying get to get in. in. Can't get in. Trying to convince the bouncer that... And you know. Hopper is saying, well, you know, I want another drink. And I said, man, you mm. can't have one. And gets ex- escorted out. And what happens in the street? Straight away, it, it occurs to me that um, a small Honda Civic would struggle mm. in, a, in a war with John Hopawade. Either one, really. Yeah. Um, oh, make it a big car. Make mm. it a, a sedan. Um, so he, he's a tough customer, is what I'm saying. And I know Paul Gallen is tough too. Uh, but for me, it's going to be tough to see John Hopawade not winning, even though I think he's 5-1. to one. On sports bet, th- he's ten years older though. I th- I, I, I'm going to take Hopper to win, and I'm going to I'm going to take him for a knockout. A knockout. I think Hopper Wade will knock out Paul Gallen. Okay, with his hands or with his thumb up the anus. I think he might go for a bit of a uh, poke in the old uh, tailpipe. Mm. Now, how's he going to do that through the boxing gloves? Because that's obviously difficult. Is he going to have uh, you know special thumbs? Right, like a protrusion. He's actually got the... special. No, they've just cut the cloth around his thumb. Okay. So he's got some insertability. Wouldn't that make Paul Gallen suspicious? Well, most people would sense that there was something wrong, but I think with Paul, he... Uh, he doesn't sense too much. Kind of just getting into the ring was, you know, the order of the day. I think if you put Hopawade, say, back in the Crusades or back in, say, Genghis Khan's time... He'd come out all right. He, I think he might beat Genghis. Yeah. Or Genghis, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so he's the type that he's a genuine warrior. Well, Jenga's not that hard to beat. Why? Because he's an, an Asian. 